breast. And there we all oh, are. Good morning. Good morning. Of course, Kai is in the back with Gabby's old happy birthday balloons, which we will definitely be talking about today because of what happened. But we are back. We are live for another Noodleberg Daily Huddle. And do not adjust your sets because no, Steve Noodleberg is not here. I'm happy to have Andy Hill in the co-host seat with me today. Andy, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Same haircut as Steve, maybe a little less energy. I wasn't up at three having six espresso shots. <laughs> I'm extremely excited to be on here today. And hoping can to definitely feel your energy coming through the screen still. And uh, super excited to welcome you, not only to the show, but to our audience and be able to talk about some great stuff today. Because I think what we talked about yesterday and what happened yesterday was all about friendship. And it's all about building relationships in order to be successful. And, you know, we, we're going to have the opportunity to share our story about how we built a relationship before we ended up working together. And then we're going to talk about ways in leadership and in sales to create process around building relationships and the importance of that. But uh, before we get to that, you get a lot of love already. Joseph Gonzalez saying city in the house, which is super cool. Good morning, John Mark Basada. Good morning, Eddie Dykes. Uh, good morning, Donna Goldfarb. The regulars are all here, which is really great. And good morning, Ramon Barber. I have a question for you, though, Andy. Yeah. You know, there's there hasn't been a ton of guests on this show before. And the ones that have, you know, there's some high rollers in there. Lori Salarulo, you know, Jeff Conine. Like, we've, we've had some big hitters. Was there any nerves for you coming on to the show today? I didn't sleep last night, Mark. It's been, it's been an entire day of this. This is me 24 hours in. This is where I'm going into these kind of things. But no, you know, honestly, this is the exact topic that we're going to talk about here. When you're amongst friends, it's just fun, you know, and that's yeah. what it's going to be. I, I fundamentally believe, maybe I'm going off script for a half second, but like in your 20s, when you're like 20 to 25, you work your ass off and you put in every hour to grind because that's what you have to do. In your 30s, it's like, I'm kind of very cognizant of the fact that I only have about 3 billion heartbeats in this world. And where I spend those heartbeats and when I come into conflict is like, is it worth it? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so working in fun relationships is something that matters galore to me. Heartbeats right now, doing all right. 68. I'm okay. I love it. I love it. Steve Doodleberg checking in from the plane this morning. I love it. Glad to have you in the audience. So without any further ado, let's get to the morning wake up music and then we'll get after it. So good morning, good morning, good morning. We love the music. We love to wake up. But we have to talk about what happened yesterday because, you know, we really struck a nerve. You know, the timing of this episode is so great because yesterday we talked about being friends and, and we talked about the post that I had put out and the response that I got that this is not Facebook. And so when I made the post about it yesterday, Shay, show me the response to what happened on the post that I put out yesterday because it definitely struck a nerve. Unbelievable. 
192 likes, 128 comments, almost 18,000 views. And that was this morning. That's still going. But I can tell you that it was 100%. There wasn't one person that came in and said, don't share your personal life on LinkedIn. Like it was a resounding every comment, everybody who came in was, no, we love to see what's happening. We love to see, hello, we've got a call coming into Gabby's computer, which is interesting. There we go. Got a little, uh, got a little feedback there, but we're good to go. So I love the fact that we struck a nerve yesterday. I love the fact that there were so many people who responded to it. And I kind of want to talk about our story because we got brought together because my dad knew AK, right? And, and you got brought into City as the new CRO from an outside company coming in. And you guys were looking to create change within the organization. And we weren't the only people that you met. And I don't think it was the initial day and tour and dinner that did it. I think it was beyond that when you and I started to get together personally. So can you talk a little bit about Number one, how we got introduced, how we became friends, and why we got started. Yeah, if it's okay with you, I'll give you even a little more backdrop for the audience. Of yeah, course. absolutely. Um, so my name is Andy Hill. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer of City Furniture. And prior to January 1st, 2020, when I took the role of Chief Revenue Officer of City Furniture, I had run a team of, at max, 30 people. Uh, no retail experience, no sales experience, right? And then Andrew really believes in this idea of hiring the human, which I, I fundamentally agree with. And uh, he put me in a role that uh, transitioned from 30 people to about a thousand um, and with no retail experience to be able to focus on this. So that is just the backdrop to where we started to exist and where we started to meet each other in this entire category, because there was this unique position where it's like, I'm walking into this role with seven layers in between and I'm, I'm not sure what to do. You know, and I embrace that fully, um, but it really does come down to just making the comment there. It is people first that like at the end of the day, you have to take I, I kind of like do two kind of things in particular that as I approached it and then that can lead to our conversation. Number yeah. one is just like you have to put people first. You have to pretend like you're that person on the other side. It's like what's going on? What would I want in these situations? And the second that I would like to talk to a little bit more today, Mark, is always being the student. And so that is one of the hardest things is to build rapport with your team, build rapport with whomever you're trying to do and work through this particular category to just actually have this, um, to earn the trust of others, right? And the way in which it uh, happened for me is it was never my idea that was coming into the table. It was never my, it's an idea. And it was always like, guys, I'm thinking about this. Can we beat this up together? Can we work on this together? And that's kind of how we started our relationship. It was like, hey, Mark, I'm, I'm joining into this role. I don't even know which way to turn. My compass is like just going around in circles and I just need some guidance. I'm thinking this way. What would you help? Where do we go? And that's kind of how we started. If you remember, right? A thousand percent. I mean, prior to having that conversation, I think you and I met with our wives at a, a, a restaurant in Boca and had a great time. And that was the foundation that solidified the fact that we could be friends. Before talk, and all we did was share stories about where we came from and talk about what we were doing and, and what was happening in our lives. And our wives got along and it became a foursome. So much to the fact that you helped me this past weekend 
accomplish Gabby's birthday, which I want to let everybody see what a great job you guys did. Shay, show me the video. <laughs> so unbelievable everybody, everybody was hiding in your room that is correct yeah. <laughs> so we did an unbelievable we did an unbelievable job of surprising gabby for her birthday but so while you and i have lots of business conversations none of those business conversations would be as good as they could be if we didn't have that relationship and we weren't spending that time together and that's really really where it starts so before we go any further and we start talking about how to do what you did within city and talking about how to build a system and a process around building relationships whether it be in leadership in sales or whatever i think today's morning motivational music is the perfect song to embody friendship shay show me lean on me Sometimes in our lives, we all have pain, we all have sorrows, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow, lean on me, when you're So that last line there, I just might have a problem that you understand. I think when we talk about sales and it's going to be interesting in our conversation because we're, you know, you're in a B to C world, you're in the retail space where people are coming to see you and it's a little bit more, it's a little bit further down the funnel, but in the B to B world, you have, you have to build the relationship first and that's the benefit. If you make as many friends as you can when that person has the problem, maybe they'll come to you to solve it. I love Marcel Fairbarn's comment, the Noodle Hill Gang. That is what we have dubbed ourselves and in all of our content that I share. I'm always talking about the Nude Hills. We're at it again. So um, talk to me a little bit about coming in and what you needed to do to create those relationships with people that didn't know you from Adam. 
people that have been working together for 20, 25 years. And now all of a sudden you're holding the reins of the direction of the department. How do you create the buy-in and the, the, you know, the, the bonds that needed to happen in order to create the change that you have created? That's a great question. And so city, uh, city and ultimate software, the two companies I know most to pride themselves on tenure. When you walk into either of those particular uh, companies down here in South Florida, it's like been here 15 years, been here 25 years. And it's almost a point of pride and contention. It's like, here's the badge of honor of how long, right? And um, to your point, I have only been with City for four years and in the role at that time, I was only with City for two years when joining it. And so there were people who came as interns joining into this organization who have now led themselves to VPs and wonderful things as they go through. And you're right. How do you earn that trust? How do you earn the responsibility and fortitude to work and serve this person, right? And I think the first things first is that true mentality that it is not you, them working for you, but you working for them. It, like, I really do fundamentally believe if you draw an org chart, you should be at the bottom and work your way up, right? Um, and so that is kind of like how that approach happened. But at the end of the day, the first thing, honestly, like, so <laughs> January through March, that was right before COVID happened, I cannot tell you how few of words I said the yeah. entire time. It was just listening, listening, listening. almost getting this like flack. It's like, is Andy just pensively sitting here? And I was just watching, learning, trying to understand and grasp what was happening. And every once in a while I would ask a question and then pull back and ask a question and then pull back. But it's nerve wracking both sides. Like, and I think that's where both sides kind of like forget the other side and, Go ahead. You want to jump in? Tell me. Well, yeah, it's just so important. Like the fact that you just said that, like you spent so much time, you spent months just listening to the sales associates, listening to the regional directors, listening to the VPs, listening to the people around you. When you talk about sales process, it's the exact same thing for a salesperson. If you're in the initial call and you spend 90% of the time talking, I can guarantee you that that call is not going to move on to another one and there's nowhere for that to go because you spent all of your time blabbing. You learned absolutely nothing about the other person. So what you did in building the relationships in a leadership role is the exact same thing and something that we talk about with your sales associates. When people come in, what questions are you asking them? How much are you getting that customer to talk when they walk through the door in order to be able to understand what the problems might be. That's phenomenal. Couldn't agree more. I used to be in the B2B world doing plenty of this consulting sales. Right. Before, and I always believe the key to selling is learning and the key to learning is listening. And like that, that is how you have to go about that transition to do it or else it just shaking me a bang, you know? shaking me a bang. Pulls <laughs> up three pointers. Bang, bang, it's good. I love it. You know, like that is so spot on. The key to selling is learning. The key to learning is listening. And Kim Swears, who's here with us today, is who is a big City Furniture and Andrew Koenig fan and a huge lean mentality fan. She adopted that within her own organization. She talks about the gimbal walk. And I know that's huge for you. Like how much like I think most people think sea level off in the corporate offices, dealing with spreadsheets and charts and only looking at strategy. Talk to me about how much time you spend in the store watching sales associates and getting the 30,000 foot view inside of an actual retail space. It, it's, uh, if, if you're gonna map out my calendar, it's at least 20% of my year is 
Gemba Walk. And so Gemba really stands as for go and see, like go be there and think of like this metaphor of a leader drawing a circle around themselves and just sitting and staring and watching. Right. And so that is where it has to be because that's where all the problems are. So it's a customer centric approach focused on the associate. Right. And both of them will have all of the problems that need to be solved. Like and the bottom up thing. Shoot me the day I start uh, like managing by spreadsheets. Right. And like, they're, they're, I cannot tell you, like there are new spreadsheets every day that get put into my inbox on my desk that show, oh, my God, we have to swarm here. We have to go left. Or, oh, my God, we have to go right tomorrow. And these spreadsheets say numbers that are important, but they do not say the story. Right. And that story is the one where you can feel it. And if you keep diving down to the why, if you keep diving down to the root cause, that's where it happens. It happens when you talk to the customer. It happens when you talk to the associates. Like, I've seen this six times. I can tell you why that KPI is X, Y, or Z, because this is happening. And then when you do that enough, when you do that over and over and over and over again, you know when it's noise and when it's true sound. And that's the ones you're looking for. And that's what you're trying to grab. And over time, you hear it. And you get seen as someone who's listening. It's like, at the end of the day, all I'm doing is being a amplifier and like a voice for the true customer and the problems that are going on with it. And that is truly how it can happen. Which we talk about this all the time. Like if, if, if you're in business, the most important thing about being in business is having customers. Cause if you don't have customers, you're not in business. So figuring out what their problem is and then figuring out the way to change the behavior within the organization to solve their problem. And I know that you are a master of process. I know you and I, we spend a lot of our time talking about how to create processes around everything. And I think when people think relationship, they're like, oh, well, there's no process to building a relationship. And I think very differently. I think there is exact systematic process to go about building a relationship because there's a cadence, there's a rhythm, and there are some certain fundamentals that no matter what you do, it might not be a fit because you guys aren't a fit. But if you check those boxes, you're going to give yourself the best opportunity to build a relationship. And for me, in the B2B world, it starts with getting someone's attention. And we talked about the difference of the words yesterday. Like people talk about interrupting to get to somebody, but I think it's about getting someone's attention. It's different for your sales associates because people are coming into the store with them. How do you teach to get someone's attention when they're coming through the door? They're already there. What's that fundamental starting to build the, the, the relationship with them when they walk in the door? Serving. Like at the end of the day, it's serving. Like, and so there are a hundred different ways and different tactics of how you can greet and do these things in your world versus anyone else's going into this day. But the fundamental thing is, you know, someone just walked through your door. You know, someone just came to your site. You know, someone already is actively looking for something. Yep. Understand fundamentally what they are looking for and serve. Genuinely serve. curious. That That is the... The genuinely curious, and when you talk about there's a million ways to greet, I agree, but there's not a million ways to be genuinely curious. There are specific ways to ask questions to figure out, because if somebody walks through the door and says, hey, what piece of furniture can I show you today? No relationship there. How do you even know that I want to look at furniture? How do you know that I'm not here for something else that's in the store or to see somebody instead of asking, hey, what brought you in today, right? What's happening with you in your life? 
I'm interested in who you are and what's happening. So similar to the way we talk about, instead of uh, interrupting somebody and getting someone's attention, it's just a change of verbiage. It's the same way in which you ask the questions to start to build that relationship. Because if you're genuinely curious, I think the next step for that is then sharing, right? Like you're talking about serving, which I think is the, it's a synonym for sharing. And it's something our parents taught about. What do you have to share that you can give them from what you've learned? It's not just unloading everything I know about you. I think it's about listening first, which you said, and then figuring out what do I have that I can share with you? So how do you do that in number one, a leadership role or in the, in the retail world, helping people? Questions. I, I, like, I can't stress this enough. Be the student. Be yeah. the student, be the student, be the student. And you will arrive at an idea together. The, the biggest metaphor I could ever provide to this is if you're working either with an associate, with a customer, with a problem, with whatever it may be, sit on the same side of the table. And like, that's the easiest metaphor I can do is when you're sitting across the problems in between you and you're trying to solve it, you're trying to get to it together and you will conflict with that person because you're both coming in different ways. You're looking sit at it from different right perspectives. Like sit that's right here with that physical, person. Yeah, that's and a you, physical representation of looking at it from a different perspective. That's amazing. Always sit on the same side of the table and be like, all right, you got this problem. Maybe it's buying the sofa that'll fit it because you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what's going on. Maybe it's trying to solve whatever's on the site, whatever that may be. As soon as you sit alongside and you recognize that everyone has voices in their head, yep. everyone's got other stuff. Like you're not selling to a company, you're selling to, you're, you're helping a human. Yep. And it's choosing those particular things. That person might have a kid running in the background. Person might have someone calling them out on LinkedIn for randomly posting on like <laughs> things going on. Like you don't know. And as soon as you're just truthfully the student the entire time, that's what approaches it. And so honestly, the most of my life is just asking questions. I would say 90% of it is like these things are different. I'm just sharing ideas and this thing, but almost everything else is just, hey, what's going on? Why? And then Afford yourself to be the idiot in the room. And I cannot like be the idiot in the room. I actually pride myself on hopefully being like the dumbest person in every room I'm in. Like, I would love that. Like, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, right? But like, as soon as you're like, guys, I don't understand. Like, I know everyone else, the <laughs> other 12, like executives here are nodding, being like, I get this. I'm like, I don't. This just doesn't work for me. Oh, you're shushing me. Tell me what's oh, up. No, no, I was not shushing you. I was about to say something, but I think that kind of goes back to when you're working with friends like that's a benefit of working with friends is not only are, are you comfortable being transparent, you're comfortable saying, look, I don't know. And are you willing to help me get to this answer? And that's where the best working relationships are found. And we're coming up on time. So I'm going to wrap this up here in a minute. But I think, you know, when you talk about the benefits of working with friends, not only is it the fact that you're comfortable being transparent, you and I are transparent with each other all the time. We're also willing to point out each other's blind spots and just tell it like it is. You know I love you. I know you love me. I don't no matter what you say to me, it's coming from the goodness of your heart. That way, when you say, dude, you're over-indexing on this, you're saying this too much or you're doing this too much, you're, put, you're investing too much of your time in that, I look back and I go, damn, maybe he's right. Let me reevaluate what I was doing and vice versa. And we do that with each other all the time. And that's the way you really find greatness. And I think that's why we enjoy working together. I mean, you can speak to it more than I can, because obviously I'm out here 
just blowing smoke up your ass all day long. But <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, where I leave with it, because I know I talk yeah. a lot. So yeah. the thing I would say with that in point of being honest and being empathetic and going after is I adopt this mentality um, that it's a friendship and a business relationship is 51-49. Like that's the equation I fundamentally live by. I live by like three, one of which is 51-49. And what that means is I want to give 51% to every relationship and get 49% back. Anytime that those things are skewed too much, I'm going to start less investing in the relationship. If I'm not getting back, I'm not going to work through those particular things. And if I'm not giving more to a relationship, I got to believe I'm giving, giving, giving. And what I find is the best of friends, the best of relationships that happen, we both believe the other person's given 51. And that's when you're like, oh my God, you have that one that works that way. And yeah. that's how I like to invest in these things. It's like, as with anything in life, friendships, business relationships, personal relationships, they require work and attention. And we could talk about this ad nauseum in the next one, whenever we can do this again, because this process oriented stuff, it does just take daily activity. It takes, if it's your wife, it's scratching her back. If it's a business relationship, it's calling them. Like it just takes activity and continual thought and work into these things to provide that value to the person because you genuinely care. It comes back to over-delivering, over-communicating. I love the fact that you said the 51-49 rule. I think everybody should challenge themselves today to be that 51% giver. Give more than you receive to everybody in your life. And uh, Juan Carlos, thank you for coming in today. I love the fact that you sent me a message yesterday about my post. I appreciate that. Andy Hill, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Normally, we would leave the show with let's get down to business, but I think it is so appropriate today to finish it again with Lean On Me. Shay, take it away. Andy, thanks. Thanks, guys. Sometimes in our lives, we all have pain. We all have sorrows. But if we are wise, Oh, when you're